Part 1. The Idea One of the first things we ask YC companies is what they're building and why. We look for clear, concise answers here. This is both to evaluate you as a founder and the idea itself. It's important to be able to think and communicate clearly as a founder. You'll need it for recruiting, raising money, selling, etc. Ideas in general need to be clear to spread, and complex ideas are almost always a sign of muddled thinking or a made-up problem. If the idea does not really excite at least some people the first time they hear it, that's bad. Another thing we ask is who desperately needs the product. In the best case, you yourself are the target user. In the second best case, you understand the target user extremely well. If a company already has users, we ask how many and how fast that number is growing. We try to figure out why it's not growing faster, and we especially try to figure out if users really love the product. Usually this means they're telling their friends to use the product without prompting from the company. We also ask if the company is generating revenue, and if not, why not? If the company doesn't yet have users, we try to figure out the minimum thing to build first to test the hypothesis, i.e. if we work backwards from the perfect experience, we try to figure out what kernel to start with. The way to test an idea is to either launch it and see what happens to try to sell it, e.g. trying to get a letter of intent before you write a line of code. The former works better for consumer ideas. Users may tell you they will use it, but in practice it won't cut through the clutter. And the latter works better for enterprise ideas. If a company tells you they will buy something, then go build it. Specifically, if you are an enterprise company, one of the first questions we'll ask you is if you have a letter of intent from a customer saying they'll buy what you're building. For most biotech and hard tech companies, the way to test an idea is to first talk to potential customers, then figure out the smallest subset of the technology you can build first. It's important to let your idea evolve as you get feedback from users. And it's critical you understand your users really well. You need this to evaluate an idea, build a great product, and build a great company. As mentioned earlier, startups are really hard. They take a very long time and consistent, intense effort. The founders and employees need to have a shared sense of mission to sustain them. So we ask why founders want to start this particular company. We also ask how the company will one day be a monopoly. There are a lot of different terms for this, but we use Peter Thiel's. Obviously, we don't want your company to behave in an unethical way against competitors. Instead, we're looking for businesses that get more powerful with scale and that are difficult to copy. Finally, we ask about the market. We ask how big it is today, how fast it's growing, and why it's going to be big in 10 years. We try to understand why the market is going to grow quickly and why it's a good market for a startup to go after. We like it when major technological shifts are just starting that most people haven't realized yet. Big companies are bad at addressing those. And somewhat counterintuitively, the best answer is going after a large part of a small market. A few other thoughts on ideas. We greatly prefer something new to something derivative. Most really big companies start with something fundamentally new. One acceptable definition of new is 10 times better. If there are 10 other companies starting at the same time with the same plan, and it sounds a whole lot like something that already exists, we are skeptical. One important counterintuitive reason for this is that it's easier to do something new and hard than something derivative and easy. People will want to help you and join you if it's the former. They will not if it's the latter. The best ideas sound bad, but are in fact good. So you don't need to be too secretive with your idea. If it's actually a good idea, it likely won't sound like it's worth stealing. Even if it does sound like it's worth stealing, 
there are at least a thousand times more people that have good ideas than people who are willing to do the kind of work it takes to turn a great idea into a great company. And if you tell people what you're doing, they might help. Speaking of telling people your idea, while it's important the idea really excites some people the first time they hear it, almost everyone is going to tell you that your idea sucks. Maybe they are right. Maybe they are not good at evaluating startups, or maybe they're just jealous. Whatever the reason is, it will happen a lot. It will hurt, and even if you think you're not going to be affected by it, you still will be. The faster you can develop self-belief and not get dragged down too much by haters, the better off you'll be. No matter how successful you are, the haters will never go away. What if you don't have an idea but want to start a startup? Maybe you shouldn't. It's so much better if the idea comes first and the startup is the way to get the idea out into the world. We once tried an experiment where we funded a bunch of promising founding teams with no ideas in the hopes they would land on a promising idea after we funded them. All of them failed. I think part of the problem is that good founders tend to have a lot of good ideas, too many usually, but an even bigger problem is that once you have a startup, you have to hurry to come up with an idea, and because it's already an official company, the idea can't be too crazy. You end up with plausible sounding but derivative ideas. This is the danger of pivots. So it's better not to try too actively to force yourself to come up with startup ideas. Instead, learn about a lot of different things. Practice noticing problems, things that seem inefficient and major technological shifts. Work on projects you find interesting. Go out of your way to hang around smart, interesting people. At some point, ideas will emerge. 